This is Gateway City Sports. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In Two podcast, episode number 20. And you know what that means. The tsunami is back, baby. Tito, how's everything going tonight? Awesome. Uh, you know, you you expect to, to, to win a lot of games against the Pirates and to continue some good ball and, and get a sweep um, and head into a, a series against a very good um, New York Mets team at home. Um, can't really get much better than that. Absolutely. I mean, you just, you, you got to sweep up the trash in the division and, um, right. you know, I felt like we did that today. Finally, um, another series win, you know, the past three, we sweep split sweep. Uh, I can't complain about that one bit. And, no. um, you know, the sound that we entered on only means one thing. And I, I told you last time that I needed to start or two more just to just to clarify what we were seeing out of Carlos. But outside of him plunking Jacob Stallings in the head, <laughs> what a what a hell of an outing again by Carlos Martinez. Uh, yeah, I mean, last three starts, six innings, seven innings, eight innings, and don't if you if you haven't been paying attention, the Cardinals have won um, eight of their last ten. Uh, four in a row at this point now sit 16 and 12 and I think what tied for top of the division one uh, game back one game back one game back I mean you know at, you know I guess <laughs> I, I don't want to say that we were hitting the panic button too early on the season I think everything was justified considering uh, the way they were losing games uh, but to win eight of ten games and and uh really play some solid baseball for the last uh, couple weeks, especially when you're in the midst of a, um, you know, what, 17 straight, 17 straight games or something like that. You know, you, you can't really ask for, for, you know, better performances. And then, you know, hats off to Carlos Martinez for what he's just done in his last three starts. I mean, um, I really hope that he can sustain this level of production. I mean, you know, there's probably going to be some moments where, it, you know, it doesn't look as great. It doesn't look flashy. Um, but this is, is, is the best that we've seen him in, um, in quite some time. And, you know, I'm hoping that it sticks. Yeah. And, um, you know, outside of the game on game two on um, Friday, you know, the Cardinals hadn't put up 
significant amount of runs. I mean, they yeah. won game one, seven to three, you know, behind a good outing again by John Gant. But, um, you know, this team's just starting to roll. And, yeah, you know, people can say, oh, it's a triple-A team, what, whatever, what have you. But, um, I mean, it just feels like everything's starting to click from top to bottom. I mean, we still got a little bit of holes here and there, but I think people are, are picking it up in spots when others aren't. I mean, how many doubles did Arnado hit this weekend? I know. Crazy. I mean, he, and to, and kind of to your comment of playing AAA teams and whatnot, look, the fact of the matter is, is that the Cardinals are in the midst of that long run of games. So these guys are tired. I mean, since what? They haven't had a day off since April 22nd. And so they're and they're not going to get another day off until the 10th of May. So that's a lot of games in between there. Um, so whether they're playing a triple A team or not, they got the W. And you know, we just need to appreciate the fact that they're that they're playing some good baseball right now. And again, you know, they're coming against a a New York Mets team that has very good pitching. It it reminds me similar to the Philadelphia series, right? Where it's good pitching um and, and potentially dangerous lineup. Um, and you just hope that your starting pitchers are able to to match that. Absolutely, and, and for me at this present time, you know, I am not sure if if it's even the the rotation that we need to be worried about. You no, know, absolutely. Um, so, what what did you like dislike about Game One? You know, I, I've got to say, I think what I liked about Game One. Um, I have this saying that, you know, you probably remember it from last year, uh, score early, score often, right? Um, get out to a 1-0 lead, then get out to 2-0, then 3-0 before you give, or before you give up a run. Um, scoring early and often is usually a good recipe for success. And the Cardinals were able to do that. And I, as I said in, you know, our last episode together, Brubaker is actually a very, has had a very decent season. Um, it's this isn't somebody that is a pushover. I mean, he had he went five innings, three earned runs and seven strikeouts. That's pretty respectable. Right. Um, so you, you just have to say, you know, jumping on him early, although via it was only, you know, albeit that it was just one run at a time. Um, but you were able to to tack on runs before they even got to one. And, and I think that was probably the most impressive. And then I've got to I've got to say, um Whatever Tyler O'Neill has been eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I hope the Cardinals continue to feed him that because um, he's he certainly has looked impressive since coming back from uh, from his little IL stint, and you know he's he's every bit of the player that he seems to be seems that we were seemingly getting from spring training right now. And so I got to say, uh, Tyler O'Neill, that that shot that he hit to center field, whew, man, he crushed that ball. Yeah, and he's been hitting the ball good. You know, I yeah. I haven't really focused in on his at bats necessarily, but I mean, I feel like I feel like just from what I saw this weekend, you know, that he's cutting down on the strikeout a little bit, and that's with no stat backing or looking or anything like that. I mean, this is just what I've seen because you know it's a home run, and I saw him get a hit uh, on the left side of the infield, and I mean, he's just he, hitting the ball hard. Didn't he hit hit one off of uh, yeah, hit one off the the Clemente wall. Yeah, too, didn't he? Yeah, I mean he he and he look, got a triple like he like I watched the replay and he mm -hmm. was literally trotting it out like he hit a home run. But dude's got burners. He put the afterburners on and he was gone. 
Well, I mean, there was that one play early on in the season, oh, against Milwaukee when he beat out that ground ball to the shortstop, you know, and, and the stat cast numbers were 30 feet per second. That's elite territory. Um, and when you have a guy like that uh, that can run that well um, and he's only hitting, you know, sixth in the order, um, everybody else above him must be uh, pretty good, Sands, you know, Paul DeYoung. Um, but I think I'm going to throw another shout out to, uh, Genesis Cabrera. Um, he went two innings, two strikeouts, one, two, three innings. And after what happened to him with the Phillies and this whole John Heyman thing, uh, what a just, what a just, uh, great response by Genesis Cabrera to come out and, and just throw BBs and, and just keep that game locked down until we really took a hold of it. Um, in the later innings, uh, especially after Carpenter's, uh, you know, second consecutive pinch hit home run. That was just, it was awesome to see him go out there and toss the way he did. And he's, uh, you know what, he's a competent major league pitcher. I know that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, game one looked great. I mean, is there really much to say about game two other than, I mean, the Cardinals, they were up, what, two runs in the late innings and then tacked on five more? I think there is something to say, actually, and uh, I think you'll agree with where I'm going to go with this. It's nice to see run production when your when your guy, your ace, doesn't necessarily have his best stuff, uh, because there are going to be days where Jack Flaherty doesn't have everything working for him, and that's not to say he's you know bad pitcher or anything like that. That's just how it is. I mean. Even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he still gives you six innings, three earned, gets a quality start. But, you know, we knew that this offense was inconsistent at times. And to see him get that run production early on, again, scoring early and often, um, really helped him out, I think, in this game uh, because he knew um, that he just had to be good enough to get past six innings. And he was. Um, and then when you get a five run ninth inning, um, you just kind of have to throw your hands back and kind of say, uh, we done did good. Yeah. And I mean, Flaherty went out and, and, and pitched well again. I mean, yeah. honestly, he, he went out and threw the ball again. I felt like he was attacking well. Yeah. Um, his ERA is down to three, three, four, one at this point. Um, and where, where it has been, you know, you, you can't really say too much else. Yeah. And then, you know, game three, there, there is a couple points that I want to discuss. So I'm going to rush through this real quick. But uh, and then today in game three, you know, Carlos threw a great game. I was kind of a little upset that he didn't go out for, for the ninth inning. Um, obviously, we need to preserve that arm. But at the same time, you know, I felt like I wanted that for him. You know, sure. I mean, he, he's really feeling himself out there. And um, yeah, I think it was what ended at 100 pitches. Yeah. Yeah. And, and generally speaking, anybody else, I'd probably say no, don't do it. But, um, you know, I think that, that, I mean, eight innings strong is a big confidence boost for anybody, but I really wanted to see him do it, you know? And, um, I mean, Reyes probably needed to throw a little bit, you know, but I mean, it is what it is, uh, you know, but they got the sweep today and that's all we can ask for at this present time. And, and one of the, the positive things is, you know, the Mets are playing, and they're going to have to fly into St. Louis and then play tomorrow. So, I mean, 
maybe a little jet lag might slow them down a little bit too. Um, but one thing, there is one thing I want to say about Carlos Martinez's uh, recent starts, and I think a lot of people may have been noted, you know, maybe noticing this is that he's not striking out a lot of guys. Um, he only had three today, and I think his average is right around four, um, maybe a little less than four. Um, and he only gave up two walks. And I think what you're starting to see is an evolution of a pitcher that realizes I don't necessarily have to be the strikeout guy to win ball games. Um, and if that's the men mental approach that he's taking um, into his pitching, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Um, there's, it, it kind of reminds me of when Adam Wainwright came back from his Achilles injury um, and everybody telling him, you know, you're probably not going to be the same pitcher. So you're going to have to adapt um, the way you pitch in order to sustain your career or sustain the games so you can go deeper. Um, and I, I really think that this is what's coming into play. Um, you, of course, you'd like to see no walks, uh, but it's better than the four walks given up by the Pirates starter. And, and look what happened um, when that came back to hurt him. Yeah, and I think, you know, maybe – and I, I really haven't evaluated Carlos' starts, but do you think he's getting to a point now where he's just throwing to make contact and not maybe throwing for strikeouts? Maybe that may have, you know, got him into trouble, which in turn, you know, led to walks, et cetera, et cetera. And now he's just throwing the ball casually um, and, and getting outs where they need to go. Yeah, I, look, there's something to say about being a strikeout pitcher, right? In order to be a strikeout pitcher, one, you have to have pretty good stuff. And Carlos Martinez does have good stuff. The second thing is, is you have to be pretty accurate with some of the, the harder pitches to hit. So his slider, you know, the intent is obviously to, you know, pull away from the uh, pull away, pull down on the ball. So it, it slides across the plate. Um, but sometimes when he doesn't, when he's trying to be too fine, that's when he makes it more into a curveball and it just kind of floats in the air and everybody, you know, everybody hits that. So I think what I, you know, what it comes down to is, is yes, he is pitching to contact. And I think that's, you know, indicative of the low amount of strikeouts. Um, but when you have an infield of Arenado, DeYoung, Edmund and Goldschmidt behind you, Heck yeah, you better be pitching to contact because that, that's more than likely going to be an out on the ground. And with the the outfield defense that they have right now in O'Neill, Bader, and Carlson, there's not a lot of there's not a lot that's not going to be caught in the air unless it's in the gap and it's a, a line drive. So pitching to contact is very important for any of these starters. But you can especially make the case for Carlos Martinez because he doesn't have to be the strikeout pitcher. Um, he doesn't have to go out and throw 96, 97 every single time. You know, this is more of a I'm just I just need to do my job and I'll, my job is getting people out. And if that has to be via ground ball or a fly out, let's get it done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if it's working, it's working, you know, you can yeah. trust your, you can trust your corners now. Um, yeah. and, and that's the thing, like maybe in, in recent years, maybe he didn't feel that way. And obviously I think whenever you don't have a guy like Arnado on the line, um, 
you know, you don't trust. Yeah, I wouldn't shouldn't even say trust, but the the ability, you know, the likelihood that that's going to be an out, you know, is is decreased. He's just Arnado is that kind of a player. He makes that much of a difference, um, especially to a right hander when you are pulling across the ball on your slider and it floats there. Uh, more than likely, that ball is going to be pulled and it could be hit pretty hard. And Arnado's just, you know, arguably the best defensive third baseman. I mean. That, that's something that was on display this series too, was that how good he is um, in any situation that he finds himself at third base. Um, heck, and even now that the shifts being implemented a lot recently, you know, he's even making plays across, the, uh, across that short. So when you have a defense behind you, you just need to let them do the job for you. Yes. You have to make the pitches and, and execute those pitches. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if you have a defense behind you that can, uh, that you can confidently say, I know I'm going to get this guy out. It just makes it that much easier. And I think, um, I think that's something that, that the Cardinals are going to be, are doing well with. And, you know, that was one of the things going into the season was that the Cardinals might have the best defense in all of baseball with just what they have out there on the field. Um, and even right now at catcher, with Yachty out, I would still say the same thing. Um, he, Kisner has just done such a great job with Yachty being, uh, you know, on the mend. And again, I, I can't say enough about how the Cardinals are playing. They're just playing very good baseball right now. Um, and look, four games up uh, above 500 and, and right on the doorstep of first place in the division, um, you know, two, two days into May is good. Yeah, absolutely. So we swept the Pirates before we jump into looking ahead into the next series. Um, a few things. What do you are you worried at all about where Goldschmidt sits right now? Or do you think he's going to start heating up? I'm not worried. I just hope that he's not injured in trying to play through an injury. Um, if his back is not feeling great, then I would rather him um, take more days off or just hit the IL and come back with a vengeance. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm worried about his bat per se. I think he's a relatively slow starter. And once May, June and July get going, he does too. Um but obviously you would like to see him uh, doing a little bit better than he is right now. And, you know, a, a standard day off like today, that's great. Get him ready for the next series. Uh, I think the last time he had a day off, the very next day he uh, hit a home run or something like that, if I can remember correctly. But it had a good day offensively. Um, and this is, you know, sometimes those days are needed. You just need to, to, to rest and, um, and just – make sure that your back is feeling good. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I'm worried. I don't think. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so one more question that somebody brought up last night, and then mm -hmm. especially since you just spoke on it, um, Andrew Kismet. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you my thoughts and you can bounce your thoughts back. So, doing a great job. And, you know, I sent out that, that deal the other day, you know, saying he's a major league catcher. Mm -hmm. um, 
do you think if if things are still going where they are do you feel and or think that there's potential that he could be dealt with the way his value is rising at the trade deadline yes there's no doubt in my mind no doubt in my mind i think i even said it last game or last episode with you i i just think that there is there's there's too much writing on the season for him that the more that he plays, you know, the better he looks. Um, as you said, he looks every bit of a major league catcher, and I'm sure that he would be starting on a lot of other teams that are not the St. Louis Cardinals because of one Yadier Molina. And as I said the last time we were, we were talking, you know, um, Carson Kelly's you know, kind of broken out this year. Um, Andrew Kisner looks every bit of the catcher that you would hope to see in, you know, heir apparent to Molina. And then obviously Molina's had a great start to the season, um, you know, you know, not accounting for this little IL stint. But the thing is, is that if the Cardinals are hell bent on improving the team, it might take something like that to happen. However, who do they have to back Yachty up? Because Yachty or Molina will still need somebody to back him up in the event. Let's say he has a relapse on this injury um, and you've already dealt Kisner. Does that mean who, who are you going to call up next? Uh, and I think that's a very important question that the Cardinals uh, would have to answer. And I'm sure there is a catcher and I don't, I just not thinking of a name outside of, of, of Ivan Herrera. Um, but he's not ready. I think what he's starting in double a with Gorman. Um, so for, for me, you know, if he's, if there is an opportunity to deal Kisner, it's gotta be for somebody that, you know, is going to help the team win, uh, not only win the division, but hopefully win you a national league pennant and just make you uh, a better team overall. And I think, you know, the big thing last week was, or somebody, I think, actually, yeah, this last week, there was a, a question on uh, MLB Central. It was, would you trade um, Kisner and somebody else for Max Scherzer? I think Gino uh, posted this. Um, and, you you know, you, if you're getting a Max Scherzer for two months for Kisner, that might be a steep price to pay. But, you know, that might be the difference in winning the division or possibly uh, um, possibly winning the World Series. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with that. Um, so let's just jump ahead into the series. What um, who are we looking at and what's what's going to be the 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 uh, the winning formula to. Yeah, two, three, or four from the Mets. Yeah, and that's not going to be easy. Uh, so you've got Wainwright in Game One. He's coming back of uh from COVID um from COVID protocol. So uh, you know it's nice to know that he he's healthy and and, and can go. But uh, the Mets actually don't have a starter for tomorrow. Um, so we'll have to. It'll be a, a TBD. But you know, as long as Wayno continues to to pitch um in his vintage self. I think the Cardinals have a, a very good shot. The Mets offense 
um, isn't great, but it's it's good enough to put up some runs. So Wainwright will still have to be sharp. Uh, game two, you've got KK versus the Degrominator. And um, I'm just going to skip over what's going to happen in that game, but take the under. Uh, Wednesday, you've got uh, John Gant versus Marcus Stroman. Um, Gant has been pitching very well, and Marcus Stroman has also been pitching very well. However, Stroman also was dealing with right hamstring tightness recently, um, so he may not even make that start. Um, he got injured, I think, on his Friday start, so he's got some time to recover. Um, but Stroman can be hit. He's got a very flat fastball at times, um, and I, I think the Cardinals, you know, if they're going to win a, a, a middle road of these games, it'll be this one. Um, and then you finish out the series uh, with New York with Jack Flaherty with uh, against Taiwan Walker. Um, I honestly think Flaherty will still continue to pitch very well um, and should be able to take care of the Mets pretty easily. I would think that he could probably get somewhere around um, another six or seven innings and hopefully uh, less than three earned. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to stick with one thing for, for my keys to the series. Um, and I, I, I'm going to stay with uh, the offense um, they've shown over the last couple of days that they can, can, they can put up some good numbers. Um, you know, the, the Cardinals, uh, they, they put up five runs or more outside of yesterday. Um, in a lot of these games in this like eight to eight of 10 game stretch. Um, so that's pretty consistent baseball. And as I told you early on, uh, this year, that'll win you a lot of games if you can hit that four to five average runs per game, especially with good pitching. So I'm going to stick with the offense. Um, and I'm also going to stick with the bullpen. I am very concerned still. Um, and especially with Hicks going down on with injury, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, uh, worried about it. Yeah, and I think um, overall, I think the Degrom game will be tough. But you know, if you can hold back and get to their pen, you know, I think that's that's key to to beating Degrom because I don't think you can beat Degrom in himself. No, well, the uh, Mets don't score any runs when he starts uh, anyway, so that's fun too. Um, so yeah, I would say that that mine would have to be you know stick with you know stick with. Hopefully the, the the starting pitching still continues. You know, I don't really have a fear about our starting pitching. It's just that bullpen. So hopefully it can stay locked down. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously they all got a break today. Um, but you know, I think I think the cool thing about this offense is is we're getting we're getting hits and stuff from from places that haven't been hitting. So mm-hmm. you know the, the the offense continues on and and uh, I, you know I, I wouldn't say we I wouldn't say that we shouldn't take at least two from the Mets. I don't want to, I don't want to raise the bar and say three, but I, I don't want to, you know, I think two is a, is a relatively decent number for the Mets series. I, I they'll definitely win two. Uh, I just don't think that there is a way that they don't, I think they can win three. Um, I would be elated if they could win all four of those games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think Schultz made any questionable calls um, in this series. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, he listened to that podcast, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, so, I mean, all in all, 
I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the outcome and um, do you have anything to close out on before we uh, jump into this next series? Yeah. Uh, John Heyman, eat it. John Heyman, eat it. Well, awesome. Well, guys, if you guys want to subscribe to the Turn In Two podcast, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Until Thursday night, until Thursday night, you guys take it easy. Go Cardinals. Go all minor league Cardinals as they kick off their season on Tuesday. Um, go baby birds. Exactly. All right, guys. See you.